0: What's up and welcome to Ahead of the Curve. This is your host, Jonathan Gellner, and thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast is powered by Stickin' Ball TV, the baseball and softball streaming platform. If you're a coach looking for resources to help you get better, then Stickin' Ball is just for you. With weekly updated videos from some of the best softball and baseball coaches in the country, it's an absolute slam dunk no-brainer. Check them out at stickandball.tv or on the Stick and Ball TV mobile app. On today's show, we have on Dane Fujinaka, head baseball coach at Hawaii Pacific University. Dane comes to HPU from coaching in the Toronto Blue Jays minor league system and has so since 2019. He spent last season as the manager of the Blue Jays Dominican Summer League team. And before that, he was an assistant coach at Illinois State in 2019 where he helped the Redbirds to a Missouri Valley co-championship and an NCAA tournament berth before joining the Blue Jays. He has also coached at Sacramento State, William Jessup, and Menlo College. As a player, the new shark skipper was an academic all-whack performer as a catcher at Sacramento State, where he started 135 games for the Hornets. He finished his collegiate baseball playing career at Menlo, where he started all 54 games. So on the show, we discuss a whirlwind of a fall for Dane. We talk about his first 100 days on the job, and we dive deep into the everyday look of what they're doing to build a culture right now. You're gonna love this episode with Dane Fujinaka.
1: Dane, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Sean, I Appreciate you having me on, man. I'll yeah, man, yeah.
0: I guess I should have said aloha.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> aloha.
0: Means cool, hello. Well, means good, good. I love you means everything in in Hawaii. Oh, that's 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 perfect. Yeah. And so I, I say that knowing that, you know, you, you just got the job at Hawaii Pacific a little while ago. And and so it's really, really excited to get to to hear what you know, you're in the midst of it right now, and uh, and so I'm really excited to just kind of see the the ground floor of of the foundation that you're laying. And so walk us through a little bit about you know your transition because it it's like we're again you've been on the job for less than 100 days and so tell us a little bit about uh you know previously you're in the dominican as a manager which is a, another really cool experience and then you got this job and then it's like okay now what do we do so just kind of walk us through that process a little bit uh, you can talk about hit on the interview process or wh- any direction that you want to go but I'd, I'd love to hear about it
1: yeah so Oh man, I'll take you back to, so I started, I was in the Dominican, um, uh, managing our Dominican summer league for, for the Toronto blue Jays. And that was my second year, um, doing that, um, 2020 being, you know, we didn't have a season. So, um, this was my first year managing and, um, we were doing well. We're in, in second place. Um, I was loving it up in the Dominican and, um, one of my, one of my like, goals in, in life. Um when I started my career was to become a head coach, a head head college baseball coach. Um and uh I'd written a go down uh at the beginning of the year saying that, you know, I wanted to interview for one head coaching job, college head coaching job, um, by the end of the year. So um we're about midway through the season. It's it's June and um obviously that's kind of when the coaching carousel goes goes around and Um, I I come to find out the um, previous head coach, Dallas Correa, um, had left to take a position at the University of Hawaii um, and this position opened. So uh, I immediately texted him and and asked kind of what the scoop was. And then um, he told me that there's a new athletic director and um, and to contact her. So I emailed her and, and I think she had been on the job for about a week. Uh, and she emailed me back within five minutes saying that, you know, they're going to interview me. Um, I didn't hear from, I, I applied online and everything. And I didn't hear from them for about a month. Um, so I, I kind of thought at that point, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't get it or they had moved on, but I kept asking around to, to see, you know, if anyone got the job and, and no, they hadn't, they hadn't hired anyone yet. And it was probably right around August 1st. And, um, and uh i think it might have been like around the first week of august and they finally got back to me saying that they wanted to interview me um and again you know we're we're middle of our season and we're doing well we're in second place a few games behind first place and um and so i went through the interview process and um it was it was it was weird because in the dominican you know the the wi-fi is not as good as you can imagine and the electricity is not as good um, so po- the power kept going in and out of my apartment and I was like, oh man, I'm going to be in this interview and, and, you know, I'm going to lose wifi and, you know, that's going to, that's going to be it. So, oh, um, I was, I was stressing a little bit on that, but thankfully we got through it and, um, and I didn't hear from them for another week. Um, so at that point I was, I was, you know, really anxious and obviously, um, wanting to know what was going on and I'd kind of heard that who the other applicants were and, Um, I, I learned that I had a pretty good shot of getting it. So, um, at that point it was, you know, um, I had to communicate that to the blue Jays obviously, and, um, you know, super appreciative of, of, you know, their, the way they took care of me and the last couple of years. And, um, they allowed me to, you know, interview and, and whatnot. So, um. Oh, another great. week another week goes by and, and I, I get another call saying I'm a finalist and then um, another week goes by and um, saying that I got it. So it was a bit of a process. And by the time I got the job uh, or the, by the time I knew I got the job it was about mid-September. Um, and this the kids had already been in class for over a month. Um, and then I, I get home to Hawaii. I, I ended up leaving our, our Dominican Summer League team a week and a half before the season ended, which which was a bummer because he actually ended up winning the, the entire Dominican summer league, which I was super pumped about. Um, but That's bummed I couldn't do that at the same time, sure. uh, but got home and, and started um, on September 23rd uh, was my first day. And by then we were two months in the school and we had started fall ball the, the very next week. And um, it, it went really fast, man. It, it, it uh, flew by and, and now we're done with the fall. So feels like crazy. I just started yesterday.
0: <laughs> Man. Yeah. So are you uh are you like are you from Hawaii? Did you is that where you grew up?
1: Yep. Yep. So born okay. and raised in Hawaii. Um played you know Little League and high school ball over here at mid pack and uh went to go play college ball at Sacramento State for four years mm-hmm. under Reggie Christensen. Um sure. and then I, I moved over to Menlo College my last year to play under Jake McKinley who's now yeah, um, Yeah, he's great yeah yeah so he's he's doing well with the brewers he's pretty high up there now and Mm -hmm. um kind of followed his his coaching path
0: the last few years yeah Yeah. i read that on your bio and i was like ah like two former guests of the show jake and yeah 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 so you obviously learned under two of the best and and uh, it's just i'm sure it's been a a whirlwind because you're moving from the dominican and then you're back in hawaii and time changes and kids are already in school and so I'd love to hear like, what did that first meeting look like? Because they had, they already signed, like they're already there. They're already going through school and they don't get to know They haven't gotten to know you yet. So like how, how was it planning for that? And then just slowly building that relationship and that, that system of trust that you're continuing to build now. But uh, what, what was that first meeting like?
1: Sure. Yeah, no, that, that first meeting. So, I mean, like i said it was you know 2 months into into school and they had gone without a head coach the entire summer and and starting school so my first question was you know is there still a team and um you know the the two the three previous assistants that that stayed on the staff uh Jordan Crucola, Brian Zablan, and Carlos Ramirez did a really good job keeping those guys together and um you know let them know they were going to get a head coach and he's going to come on soon so that first meeting was huge i mean we got everybody together and, um, in person so they could finally meet me and and the rest of the staff. And, um, we just kind of talked about, you know, some of the things that they, they wanted to keep in the program and some of the things that, um, they wanted to improve and what they're looking for in their experience in the next few years of their career here at HPU. But what I did actually before the meeting was have them fill out a a survey on, on, you know, Google, Google forms or whatever. And, um, Mm -hmm. I just asked a few questions of, you know, what's, what's a couple of things that you enjoyed the last few years at HPU? Cool. Um, you know, what are you looking forward to the next few years? What are, you know, some of your strengths, some of the things you're, you know, wanting to work on and, and so forth. And um, a lot of them had very similar answers. And I was pretty shocked to, to learn that, you know, the culture of the team was, was actually really strong. Um, and that, you know, I, I didn't think I needed to do much work as far as um, you know, bringing in, bringing in a a brotherhood or a family type environment. And, um, when I, when I asked them, you know, what's one of the things that, that went really well the last few years, 95% of them said that, you know, they enjoyed the brotherhood and, and the family culture that they had created. Um, so in the, in our first meeting, that was one thing that I addressed and made sure to tell them that, you know, we're going to do everything we can to protect that. Um, you know, because that, that obviously was a strength that, of the team the last few years. And then the second thing, when I asked, you know, what they're all looking for the next few years, 95% of, of them said that they wanted a win, um, which I think is, is it might seem common, but you know, I've, I've been at a few programs now and it's not as common as, as I think you might think being, you know, you're getting a bunch of individuals coming from different programs, you know, that want to play and they want, you know, their own, they have their individual goals as well, which is great. Um, but I was pretty shocked to see that, um, you know, as a collective group, they, they all, you know, really wanted to win over anything. So I knew we were in a pretty good spot from a, from a culture standpoint and going into that meeting, it was just addressing those things and, um, you know, letting them know that, oh, light went out, (laughs) um, letting them know that, you know, we're going to do everything we can to, to achieve those things and, and protect Mm -hmm. it. So
0: i love it and you know that's that's interesting that you say that so uh they wanted to win had they not previously uh had the experience of of winning very much
1: yeah the last four years have been tough i mean obviously with COVID and whatnot too it's Mm -hmm. um you know they didn't get up get off the island last year they hawaii shut down completely so they didn't even get to practice i think they went into the first game of this of, of the season against the university of hawaii not having practiced at all so um, it's been a pretty tough last few years for them, uh, for everybody, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the yeah. last, the last three or four years, they, they haven't, you know, done very well in the conference. So I think they're okay, all looking for, for uh, a winning
0: experience for sure. No doubt. And, and I love that, you know, you're coming from a winning background and, and the, the stops that you, that you've made, and then, you know, coming from a, from a, uh, professional program who's had that experience as well and so it's, it's really neat i'm sure that they, they were really excited to see uh you heading up the program and so you're only a couple years older than than some of these guys too and so I, yeah. i'm sure that brings a new energy and then these guys are like okay like you just came out of pro ball which is you know the cutting edge uh of really and an the highest level and so i i'd really i'd like to see or i'd, I'd like to hear kind of your, your process of developing culture, we, you talked about, you know, that first meeting and those relationships, how have you started to add layers of that as you've gone along this fall? Yeah.
1: Um, you know, to be honest, it, it, I think it just starts with getting their trust. And I, I, I were talking with Jake, you know, I, uh, Jake McKinley, who's, you know, my, my mentor and one of my best friends, you know, I always spit ball with him and, one of the things he, he had mentioned, cause I asked him, you know, what it was like when he took over Menlo college um, and he, he just told me, Hey, make sure, you know, you're, you're getting their trust first. And then, you know, just organically the, the culture will happen just because that's the kind of guy you are. And um, you know, you don't really have to force him are They're, they're kind of going to watch what, you know, how you go about your business and how your staff goes about their business. So um, you know, it's, it's just about, you know, making them understand, you know, the values that, that you want to bring and, and how, and they're going to watch, you know, how you go about that. Um, but I mean, really it was, it was just telling them, Hey, we're going to, you know, treat each other, right. We're going to you know play hard. We're going to, we're going to run hard. Um, and then, you know, it was, it was just more of a conversation versus me, you know, telling them how it's going to be it was more, Hey, you know, this is what you guys said to me and, you know, before our, our meeting and, um, you know, this is how I think we're going to go about it and how we can get there. So it was, it was more of a conversation more than anything. And I think that really helped buy in. Um, and, and I definitely used a lot of the older guys as well to kind of, mm-hmm. kind of lead that and, and help the younger guys who they kind of had no idea what was going on. So
0: sure. No, that's really good. And I love that in your questionnaire, you talked to them about this, did you ask them about the standards that they wanted? And I I know you, you mentioned the experience, but I love that you turned it around and said, Hey, this is, this is what you guys wanted. Like you said, you wanted to win and you said Mm -hmm. you wanted to have a, have a brotherhood and a a, a great baseball experience. And so it's not just your vision. It's, it's theirs that you're, that you're helping to hold them accountable to. I love that.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. So, yeah. I mean, it was, it was like you said, I mean, they, they kind of answered it themselves and I think it's, it's great always when it comes from, you know, the player, it's, it's one thing when, you know, the coaches are, are telling them to do something, but you know, when it comes from the players and, and they're the ones coming up with it, they, they're going to take more accountability and, and pride into it and hold each other accountable to it because, um, at the end of the day that, you know, I told them on day one too, that it's, it's their program and you know, it's their experience. It's, mm-hmm. you know, we're here for them. So, you know, they're going to get whatever
0: they, they put into it. Yeah. I love it. So tell us about, uh, just, you know, uh, are you, so I again, I've never experienced taking over a program. So I envision, okay, I've got these standards, which you, you've mentioned a couple of them. I've got you know, these rules and then, uh, and then, you know, different ways to try and uphold them and, and, and you know, build a culture that way. Yeah. And so I, I'd love to hear, you know, like your system of how did, did you do something similar to that? Cause I, again, I I'm just spitballing here. Cause I've never been a head coach before. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, one of the things we did in, in the beginning of the fall was just, you know, I, I gave them a contract and a lot of it was, But just you know, basic basic rules that you know pretty much any college baseball team has to follow. And um, one of them was a GPA standard. Um, Obviously, you know, not getting arrested and and you know following the law is one thing, and uh, making sure we're on time. You know, um, making sure we're respecting other people, not only our teammates but everybody. So I I had a contract that I had them sign. um, But that was one way I was you know going to make sure that that we're able to hold them accountable, Um, and then. You know, the second thing was, you know, when guys mess up, it's holding them accountable. That's that's the tough part, especially I think as a first year coach, where you know I, I obviously want all of our guys to to like me, and I think I'd be lying if I said I didn't care if they like me, but I, I do, and um, I have great relationships with all of them. But um, a lot of times it it comes with holding them accountable. So um, there are a couple of times when guys showed up late, and some of our better players showed up late, where you know, I just, I sent them home. I, you know, told them try again tomorrow and, um, they all understood. Um, we actually had had one guy, you know, say it wasn't, you know, working out for him and that's totally fine if, you know, guys don't, don't want to abide by the, the team standards. And, um, you know, I said day one that I was going to protect that culture. So, um, you know, I, I made sure I did. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it, it just goes, goes to holding them accountable. Once you hold, hold a couple of guys accountable day one, mm-hmm. you know, it, it kind of plays itself out and, and, and it's not like I was mad at them or, or blew them up or yelled at them in, front of them in front of the whole team. It was a conversation where I said, Hey man, like you're, you're late and it's uh, like, I'm sorry, you you know, I'm not mad at you. It's just, that's just how it is. So sure. just don't be late. <laughs> um, yeah. And you know, for the most part, they, they understood and, never happen again. So, um, cool. I think the biggest thing is, you know, when you set standards and rules, you, you have to hold them accountable. Sure. Um, and you know, for the most part, they, they, they're gonna, you know, respect you for that. I think when they mm. start to lose respect is when you set rules and don't
0: follow through on them. No doubt. No doubt. And, and you've, you've talked about uh, several of them already. And so you're making the one you don't, you, I don't know if you mentioned this or not, but it, it sounds like you have a few that you're sticking to, you don't have a ton. And so, that clarity piece too is hey, this is what winners do. You said you wanted to be a winner, and we're clearly clearly outlining what we expect here, and you didn't come through with that. So, dragon tomorrow is basically the conversation. Like, right. you're not getting mad, you're not yet, you know, it's just but hey, here's what you said you were going to do. You didn't do it, dragon tomorrow. Like, uh, it's, it's, I, I yeah, really like it's that super
1: simple. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's yeah i mean it was we the two rules in the contract was one be on time and two, be a good teammate and everything falls mm-hmm. on the be a good love teammate it. so sure. um i mean yeah it just takes one or two times to tell them to kick them out of practice and take away the thing that you know they love and mm-hmm. it, it never happens again
0: so sure. um yeah really no so tell us uh tell us about your the fall that you guys did have i know you arrived late but uh i'm, I'm honestly i'm not real familiar with the college uh, setting of how much time you you have in a fall and and how much team time you have or individual time. And I'm not sure how you broke it up. I know you've got beautiful weather every single day, uh, basically all year, which is a huge, huge advantage as well. But just tell us a little bit about how you decided to break it up, when you decided to do what, and walk us through it, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, so... Oh man, like I said, we, you know, I got hired on, on September 23rd and we started fall ball on October 1st and in, in NCAA, you know, college baseball, you have 45 days to practice as a team. So, um, you know, we kind of hit the ground running. I, you know, the first couple, couple weeks was just, you know, making sure that they're in shape and, mm-hmm. um, kind of learning, learning about them and, and what, you know, um, they like to do and, and what they don't like to do, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are. So the first couple of weeks was just kind of evaluating and, and starting to build that relationship on the baseball field Um, week three and on we started the inner squad. Um, And, and the way it would work was we would practice Tuesday, Thursday, um, and then inner squad Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then their off days, which you need two off days in, in the fall. They were Monday, Wednesday for them to get their classes in and whatnot. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how the fall went. And then the last half of the fall, we actually made an adjustment um, to uh, to the to the uh, uh, what was that Tuesday, Thursday practices, where instead of having like a traditional practice, it was more individual based um where our infield coach would take the infielders outfield coach take the outfielders and and so forth and um and then that way they can you know have a little bit more time to get a lift in during those during those days and then friday saturday sunday was kind of the team practice where you know we're going to get after it and then play an inner squad as well
0: really good and you're still like getting to know all of these guys too. So I'm sure that the first couple of weeks you were just trying to figure out, okay, who can do what, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses uh, before, you know, you diving in. And I, I'm sure you don't miss an opportunity to coach, but just trying to you know figure out who can play. I'm, I That's a unique experience right. that I, I have never, well, I, I guess I have experienced that, but not as from a head coaching standpoint, especially sure. that's interesting. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, I really didn't know a whole ton of the players. Um, when I first got there, I, I'd known a handful just because I recruited some of them, um, when I was coaching in college and, um, being from Hawaii, I'm, I'm still, I was still pretty tied into Hawaii baseball. So I knew some of the local guys, but, um, man, it was, yeah, it was pretty new. And, um, I re- I remember telling, uh, the assistant coaches that, Um, you know, this, I I didn't think this guy was very good and the other guy, you know, is lacking some bat speed or whatever. And then, Mm -hmm. um, game one of, of the inner squad completely just, you know, not what you expect. And that's so funny. That's just how this game works is it's so hard to evaluate and predict what's, you know, who's going to be good and who's not until you roll the balls out. And, um, you know, I think it was, it was great for us to see that. And, um, I'm glad that, you know, I kind of took a step back the first couple of weeks and just more evaluated more than anything just because of that, for that reason is, um, you know, you don't want to feel like you're changing somebody before you even see them play. And I don't think the player appreciates that either, you know, especially when they're trying to, you know, show what they got in front of a new coaching staff. And, um, and then, you know, they, we change them without seeing them. And, and then, you know, they kind of, that's when I think you lose, some buy-in but i think mm-hmm. the first couple of weeks being that we kind of just you know start talking to them feeling them out seeing where they come from um and then watch them play the first week um in inner squads um, that a kind of how we, and how we kind of move forward with the philosophies we want to pr- uh, teach and um how we're gonna how we're gonna coach really so
0: sure no i love that and uh, and I think you know seeing guys play is is probably the best evaluation system that that you've got, and and so it's it's you know I, I love like scrimmages. You can tell so much. I know we they say rep uh, rep repetition is the mother of learning, and and I'm like man, but like getting getting to see them in a game, it's it's a completely different setting. So you can see who guys mm-hmm. you know who like even that you mentioned lacking bat speed. You're like oh this dude can play. Like what am I what am I even talking about here? I I think that's really good.
1: Yeah, no, I should have got fired after week three and I there was like three guys, man, and I couldn't hit the ball out of the cage in VP, <laughs> and they ended up being our team in hits in the fall. Uh, I I was like, Oh, so good, I just never know. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, no doubt. When the lights turn on, it's it's yeah, so, so no, yeah. that's that's cool, but uh, but no, I I I, I want to talk a little bit about this. This is a question that I was just thinking about too. It's okay, so you guys are all the way like away from. Everybody on the mainland. I'm. How hard is is that transition for them? And, and I know you you just got there, but I'm just thinking, man, that's that's got to be really tough to be a baseball player in Hawaii and then playing other teams in the mainland with school, with sleep, with the travel, and I, like I would love to hear what do what do you plan on doing to to kind of navigate that? And I know you're you're a Hawaii native, but. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I, it just blows my mind that it's that far of a travel. Cause I, I think a couple of hours is a long time, but, uh, I, I would love to hear just like the process of, or uh, in your plan of, of being able to navigate that.
1: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really, um, big, not issue. I wouldn't say issue, but thing that we have to, you know, overcome and, and deal with here being sure. from Hawaii. So we go on two road trips this year um, to the Southern California, which is a five, six hour flight. So it's not, it's not terrible. Um, but this year how we're doing it is we're actually taking a red eye. Um, and you know, hopefully we guys get some sleep on the plane and sure. um, we'll be able to practice the next day. Um, get a full night's, uh, mm-hmm. night rest, and then come out and play, play a, a series. So, um, to answer your question, I mean, you know, I think it's just the attitude and, and, you know, what, you know, what you're preaching as, as a coaching staff. Cause I, you know, I tell our guys, if you're, you know, there's, there's a couple ways you can look at it. You can use it to your advantage, you know, because, you know, you know, those California teams also have to come down here and play. And, you know, we can either be on the side of, of making it as an excuse and, um, or we can, you know, use it to our advantage and, and get used to it because that's, you know, that's what other teams are going to have to do when they come down here as well. So I think, I think it's just, you know, um, trying to make the best out of the situation and preparing your mind and and your body as best as you possibly can. And then having the right mindset, you know, when, when you actually are going through it, um, I think makes a, Mm -hmm. makes a big difference in being able to overcome that, that barrier, I guess.
0: Sure. So one of the, uh, that is, that, that's really good. It's really interesting. And uh, I, I really like that. It's, it's almost like a, Hey, we're going to be tougher than those guys are because right. we have to do the same thing, but this is what we signed up for. We like this. Like this is, this yeah. is our advantage. It's really cool. Yeah.
1: No. And like you said, the, you know, the benefit of, of living in Hawaii is you don't have to worry about the weather for the most mm-hmm. part. I mean, we, we got rain, but um, luckily our practice field is, is in a spot of the island where it just never seems to rain. So, um, now I say that it's going to rain all spring, but, um, <laughs> it, I mean, it, we, like, we didn't, we didn't have one rain out, like, you know, uh, this okay. fall and we got, we, we got to play outside where a lot of schools, you know, don't, the Northern Cal- California schools are playing in, you know, 35, 40 degree weather in mm-hmm. January where, you know, we're practicing and it's 75, 80, 80 degrees. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's definitely, a, a, there are pros and cons of everywhere you go. Um, But I think, you know, like I said, the mindset and the way you look at things is is ultimately what, you know, is going to create your outlook.
0: Sure. No doubt. So with with that, uh, I'm curious. I know that that you you seem to ask for a lot of feedback from the players. I mean, that's it's it's been pretty evident. And I I really like that about you, Dane. And I I think that that, that you just from that aspect would be a really cool guy to play for. Like I want a coach who. Hey, who's who is in it for us, number one, but also wants for us to have the best experience, but hold us to a high standard. I think that's really good. But I'm curious, what are some of the different things that you have done that the players have been like, oh, I really like this? Like and maybe they didn't do it in the past or maybe it's something that they, yeah. they came to you and they said, hey, we really like doing this drill or this type of scrimmage or we really like doing X, Y or Z or however that that may be. But has, has that instance come up at all?
1: Yeah, I think a few times. Um, the one thing that comes to mind, um, is, is they really like the, the way we practice and, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge defense guy. I'm a huge, um, I have come from, uh, other programs where, you know, we were top in the country and Sac State was always really good defensive team. And Mm -hmm. I took a lot of things away from, from him, from them and Reggie. So, um, I think coming in and, and telling our guys like, Hey, we're going to be, you know, a defense first team and, you know, we're going to prioritize that. Um, I think they really liked, and it's something, you know, a little bit more controllable, I think than, than the offensive part, which we actually, um, had a really good fall offensively. Uh, we, we crushed the ball, um, this fall, which, um, I think was, was to them buying into like a team approach, which, which is another thing that they, I think really enjoyed is, mm-hmm. um, you know, having something to, to collectively come together as an offense to make, to create that, that culture. Um, I think it's super important. And, and they seem to really buy, bought into that. And, um, but yeah, I think they just really enjoyed the practices. I, I collectively, guys would come up to me and tell me how much you're enjoying practice and how they want to come out to the field and, um oh, that's, awesome. that's something that you know i take a lot of pride in when planning practice and creating the drills is making sure that they're <clears throat> they're having fun man because i think and it's and making sure it's competitive because i think that's where you get the most development is you know when they're actually enjoying it and and are bought in to what you're doing so i'd say that's the biggest thing um i don't i wouldn't say that that's something i change it's just something that you know i take pride in and and planning and organization, um organizing practice is making sure that, you know, they're they're getting the most out of it and there's no really wasted time because, you know, we can't waste time. We started late, we're already behind the eight ball. And um, you know, making sure we're, we're just getting the most out of every day. I think they appreciated that for sure this fall.
0: Well that's really good. You know, I, I I think this goes without saying sometimes, but if you're if you're enjoying what you're doing every single day it's it's gonna be a, a much better one experience but you're gonna get better just because you're gonna you want to be there instead of really? like fighting it every single day and, and stressful stressed about it and you talked about competition but competition can be fun like it's not it's not one of those things that, that you want to shy away from and you talk you even mentioned toughness a couple of times and I just i like I envision if I ever took over a program like that would be number one, I want to provide an environment where they want to show up every single day. And it sounds like you're doing that, which is a really cool. Uh, re- and and just, you know, psycho- psychologically speaking is a, is a really big deal.
1: Yeah, no, um, yeah, no, just making sure that they, they you know, are, are having a good time and enjoying their overall experience here at HPU is, it's huge because, you know, when we bring recruits on, especially it's, you know, they're the ones that are going to be selling the program. You know, I, I tell all of our recruits, to make sure they talk to the players um, that are on the team because ultimately that's the experience that they're, they're going to get. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I, th- I think we treat our guys our treat our guys really good and, and, you know, making sure that they're enjoying their time here. And um, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's a lot of feedback for sure, you know, asking them, you know, Hey, you know um, you know what you liked, what you didn't like this fall, what you think, you know, did it was beneficial. And, and obviously there are times where, you know, we need to explain the things that we're doing. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, when guys say they didn't like something, because um, we obviously have a reason for, for everything we do. So, but um, it's always good to have those conversations because that's what, you know, creates the buy-in is not just telling them to do something, but making sure they understand what they're doing. Um, so I think a good example of that is the weight room. Oh, that's, I guess, another thing that they, you know, we brought in okay. that um, they really enjoyed was, was the weight room aspect of things. Uh, we lifted as a team. I think more than they have in the past, and um, we we were able to get a lot of weight equipment um, donated. So um, we got after it in the weight room this fall, which which they they really like. So that's another thing where um, uh, I think that that change was was really good for them.
0: So I love it. So with with that, I mean you know what one of the you, you mentioned that one of the things that you're really passionate about is defense and so I would love to be able to steal something on the defensive side from you whether that's you know a, a team set or you know like how you're coaching it cues, what whatever I, I don't think I have enough defensive guys on it's usually pitching hitting guys and, and head coaches but uh, yeah. tell us a little bit about you know what what you like to do during practice uh, that you think is beneficial
1: yeah so I think one of the big things we did, Um, this fall is just making like every rep, like holding them accountable for every rep. So what we, what, what I'd noticed in, in, you know, the first couple of weeks was, um, guys were having a, uh, you know, taking a lot of reps, but none of it, um, to me really translated into a game type environment where there's pressure and, you know, the game's moving fast. Um, so I think the biggest the biggest thing we did in the fall was just making sure they're accountable for every rep. So, you know, doing, th- doing drills like 27 outs um, was something we do a ton at Sac State. Um, I remember it's just a way to, you know, put pressure on guys and sure. put them in an environment where, you know, um, there's a consequence and there's a reward um, for every rep or, or mistake that they make. So um, you know, I think a lot of times you're going to see guys go up and down in in those type of environments. But my message to them was like, look, like you guys were taking reps without any pressure. You know, there was, it was kind of mindless. There was no um, focus. And um, you know, those reps, like, you know, we can't use those reps in the game. Um, You know, now you're struggling when we put some pressure on you. Like you have to understand that um, those are the type of reps that, that we need from you guys from here on out. And, you know, I think they started to understand the process of that, and how you know maybe you know the results weren't as good as as the previous environment, but you know the environment is everything. So mm-hmm. I think I think for us as a coaching staff, our, our main goal was to you know just raise a level of focus by adding in some competition, by sure. um, adding in some pressure during practice, um, and we still we still got the repetitions on on you know um, the Tuesday, Thursday individual type practices. But, um, you know, when it, when it came time that team defense type stuff, we were going to do less, but with more intent and, and focus. So, um, I would say that was the biggest thing. And then two, just, just emphasizing it and, and making it important because I think as a young player, you know, you're taught to hit and you're taught to, you know, that your bat gets you in the lineup. Um, mm-hmm. so you don't really put a ton of emphasis on the defense and, um, you know, I think when you do, you know, I, I told all of our, all of our guys at the end of the fall that, you know, we're going to play the best, the, the the best guys that give us the best chance on the def- on the defensive side. Um, and instantly you see them taking extra ground balls, you see them, you know, getting with the infield coach more versus going into the cage and, and doing flips. So um, I think it's just, it's just valuing that and and telling them and making it important. Um, I think is the biggest thing because, you know, you'll, you'll be shocked of what, you know, your guys can do it when you give them, you know, the expectations and, and what you're looking for them, you know, they'll, they'll get it done. They'll find a way. Oh,
0: no, really good. I, I like that with, uh, with, with that, I, I want to go back and let's talk about the, uh, cause I, I should have mentioned this earlier. And I think that this is a really cool topic too, but what was it like getting to know the coaching staff? We talked about the players. Did you know them at all? And then, I mean, it's, they, stu- they, they did a lot of work. For the program before you even showed up, keeping those guys together, you mentioned that, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure you'll forever be indebted to them for that. But tell us how you got to know them and how you guys started to gel as a group because I think that's I've never been part of that dynamic, and I think that would be an interesting one as well.
1: Sure, yeah. So, uh, when I got the job, um, Carlos Ramirez, uh, he was a catching coach, uh, Brian Zablon was the outfield coach, and then Jordan Kurokawa was um the pitching coach last year. Um and I know I knew all three of them personally. Um Brian who our outfield coach I played for him growing up in uh in Hawaii. We he was a uh, help coach my, my travel ball team that would go up to Arizona. So I I'd known him um and great guy. It was one of the best teammates. That I've been around, just you know, willing to do anything for the team, and mm-hmm. um, super humble, and and just a great mentor for our guys. He's he's kind of like a father figure um, in that sort of speak. And Carlos Ramirez is is a catching guy, um, and he he's just like a diehard HPU guy. And I've known him for for a few years since I've gotten to coaching. Um, I'd see him at you know showcases, and go, he's on a Hawaii every. Year, and um, when I heard he got um, on the staff here at HPU, I was super pumped for him. Um, but he's, he's our catching guy and his, his son is the bullpen catcher for the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, and Carlos himself played, played pro ball as well. So he comes with That's a awesome. ton of knowledge and experience. So, um, we we're super fortunate to be able to keep him. And then the last guy, Jordan Kurokawa, um, I think last year was his first year coaching. Um, but he previously played for university of Hawaii Hilo, uh, which is in our conference. Um, but he's probably one of the best pitchers to, to come out of that program. He, he threw a complete game shutout to beat the university of Hawaii, um, which is, which was his big, big, um, I guess, outing of his career that kind of got him on the map and he ended up getting drafted by the Phillies and um, his ability to relate to, to guys and, you know, being that he's, a, he's, he's my age. So he's younger and oh, um, cool. he's, he's able to, you know, just really bond with them on a, on a personal level as well. So, um, those three guys were already on staff. Um, and it was, you know, no brainer for, for me to make sure that they stay on staff and, um, huge reason why our guy, our players are still here and stick stuck through the summer. Um, so I knew, um, I had two positions I wanted to fill on, on the field and, um, one was, uh, another pitching coach. So, um, Ashcon Kuhalua, um, was a guy that I actually played with at Menlo um neia led the neia in strikeouts um he's a he's a legend if if you search ashcon neia it's he's an absolute legend but um he runs a pitching academy or ran a pitching academy here in hawaii where he worked with the top pitchers that that are you know commits to big d1 schools and a lot of the pro guys his ability to develop guys um to throw harder and to have better stuff and and um, just their overall you know development as pitchers he he was a no-brainer and he's one of the best competitors that I've actually been around too so um, to be able to to create that culture for our pitchers I think is huge because I think in the past they they lacked that a little bit Um, and and a lot of times pitching staffs lack that you know that a lot of times you'll see the hitting culture you'll see defense culture but you know i think it's super important to create a pitching culture as well um and he's ash is one of the best guys i've been around that's going to be able to do that so um, we're super fortunate to have him and the last guy is uh rayson romero who's our infield guy um we absolutely hit the jackpot with, with race and he's from he went, played at sonoma state played indie ball for a little bit up there um and then uh, was coaching in florida at inspiration academy for for a year and um, now he's back home and running our infield. So um, he's extremely talented and his attention to detail is, is outstanding. And our infielders have seen like extreme gains from him. Um, and then our last guy that, that we have on staff uh, is Creighton Suter Gaspar. Um, he's, he's our weightlifting uh, and, strength and conditioning coach. Um, so for us to be able to have a guy specifically for that is, Is huge. I mean, not, not a ton of programs at our level at at any level in college baseball have their own strength guy. Um, so he's, you know, obviously a huge resource for, for us, um, being that we, we value the strength and conditioning in the weight room. So, um, yeah, there's, there's seven of us, which is a, a a solid staff for, for a division two program or any college program for that matter. Um, and, and I'm super fortunate to, to have guys at every position and in the weight room. So, um, yeah, I
0: mean, I couldn't couldn't say more good things about about our guys. I love that. Well, for our guests to get to know you a little bit better, and I I know that that we talked about uh, playing for some some extremely good uh, for some some really good coaches, and Jake McKinley and, and Reggie Christensen and and guys that really know the game. But I I want to know like what's what's the latest thing because <laughs> I'm sure you're, you're ahead of spinning this fall. But I I can only imagine. But what's and what because i am sorry i'm laughing but i'm imagining myself in the same position i'm going and this question makes me laugh of what's the latest thing that you've learned and i'm thinking man if i was in your spot it would be like what's the latest thing i've learned in this last hour right but that's good but what is what's something that's really stood out this fall so i'll change the question for you what's something that that's really stood out this fall that uh you didn't know before or that you've been like okay like I had this idea going in and now I've changed my mind about it being, uh, being the head coach of this program. Sure. So I think, um,
1: <clears throat> I think I'd mentioned this before, but we had, we had switched our, our practice kind of a little bit from the first half to the second half of the fall. The first half um, we we're doing a lot of team stuff um, where, you know, we would take traditional BP, we'd have live reads. Um, we do like 20 minutes of individual defense, Um, and that was kind of our two hour block of practice. But as we kind of went through the fall, I, I, um, as a staff, we kind of just came to the conclusion that we needed a little bit more individual time with each guy. Um, and we could, we, you know, we could do that by kind of breaking it up throughout the day versus, um, uh, versus coming in together as a team and, and having a two hour team practice. So, um, I think that's a that was probably one of the bigger changes we had this fall was just like changing the way or the 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 uh, what am I looking for the organization or the the way that the uh, the way we practice. So um, it was more individual towards the second half of the fall on, on the Tuesday Thursday <clears throat> versus in the beginning it was more of a team team type environment. And I think that really helped um, one the the level of of practice and. Um, the instruction, I think, was a lot better. And then second, what that did was, um, I think, created a little bit more confidence with our guys. And they got to get, you know, specific work for them um, with their coach um, on an individual basis versus, you know, having to feel like they're playing a game almost every day. I think it was good for them to, to step away from that. And get those, those individual high, high focus, deep practice times with their coach. So um, that's probably the biggest thing that that I learned was, um, because I'm a big, I'm a big team practice guy. I'm a big, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I want practice to to look good and and make sure it's running efficiently and Mm -hmm. um, step away from that and kind of go, Hey, you know, just do what you need to do to get better and get with your coach. Like, you know, that was probably the biggest thing that I that I had to um, realize was, hey, maybe sometimes the best the best thing is to is to get an hour block to where you know you're you're just one on one with the guy, and then you know, sure. I look pretty, but um, on a practice schedule. But it's it's the best thing for their development. So oh, I'd I, say I think that stood out, yeah
0: yeah I, I think that speaks to your humility too you had an idea of something and then you realized okay this might not be the best for this group and next year it may be completely different i, I think that's awesome
1: yeah yeah no for sure um you know at, at the end of the day we're just looking to get these guys as, as good as possibly can be so no anything that help, helps them is is good But no and the other thing i learned is just you know how what it's like to be a head coach and at the college level i mean i was a manager at in the in the Dominican Summer League but I mean in in pro baseball you're worrying about literally just the development of the player whereas Mm -hmm. you know here you're you're the I I remember you know uh Gil Kim who's my other mentor he's uh in the big leagues now um but he was like hey man you're gonna have to be the GM the scouting director (laughs) the the farm director you're gonna have to Mm -hmm. be the the uh the budget guy who, who deals with all the budgets and so yeah, he was, he was right. And um, I think the biggest thing I learned from that was just delegating and, and giving my assistants more responsibility Um, Mm -hmm. whether they want it or not, you know, they, they uh, it's good for their development. It's good for me and, and it's Mm -hmm. good for the entire team to, you know, um, to be able to split those responsibilities up and, um, just so you know, I otherwise I go
0: crazy. <laughs> so, oh, no doubt, I have well,
1: good that, that like the work. So,
0: oh, for sure. Well, and yeah. you know, it's for those not familiar with Dominican Summer League, it, it's not that's not an easy thing to manage either because you might have a hundred players, and I mean, it's it, there's a language barrier there, and right. I mean, it's uh, so I'm sure that that helped prepare you for this step. I, I undoubtedly oh, think that.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah, I always. I talked to my, my direct boss, who's my field coordinator at where the Blue Jays, John Tamargo. Um, But he, I mean, his big thing with me was, Hey, you know, I gotta, I gotta do better delegating. I do, you know, be a little bit more patient. So, I mean, if it wasn't for him, I, I'd I'd probably be losing my mind right now. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, the the biggest thing I learned with the Blue Jays was just managing people and, you know, managing a staff and, um, you know, the the you know making sure that you know each I, I'm doing what I can to allow each assistant coach each assistant coach to do their job. Um, I think was the biggest thing I learned with the Blue Jays um, because it, you know there is there's so many departments that um, that create the team and and the the overall you know the, there's a pitching coach but the pitching coach has a pitching coordinator that he's got to go to. There's a hitting coach and the hitting coach got to go to the hitting coordinator. So there's so many different parts of that puzzle um, and as a manager being able to allow them to do
0: their job um,
1: mm-hmm. I think was the biggest thing that I learned.
0: Sure no I, I love that and, and I love the experience you're obviously self-reflective which I think is really cool and uh, I, I would love to hear so are, are you are you much of a reader? Yeah yeah no I definitely read um, podcasts I love podcasts. Sure. What, yep. what are some of your favorites so if we were if you were gonna if you could buy a book for Uh, Any of our listeners, what would it be? And then some of the, some of your favorite things to listen to.
1: Yeah. So I think she, three books come to mind, um, for just development purposes, like baseball development, I think, uh, top dog was really good. Um, that talked a lot about, you know, the science of competition, um, and how that relates to, you know, developing players and, uh, culture wise. I like the culture code. Um, that was a good one. Um, and then the third one was the talent code. That was, uh, I guess that's more for developing too. And kind of the science behind that. So, um, I would, I would definitely recommend those three books for anyone, um, looking to get into coaching or looking for a new read. Um, oh, I guess there's another one too. That's more just personal development stuff, but I've, I've related it to a lot of the, um, the skills you need and in, in being a head coach or, or a coach in general is, um, how to influence people, how to, how was it making friends and how to influence people? Uh, you guys probably know. F. F. I'm talking about,
0: yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So that was a good oh, that's one.
0: A, that's a great book. It's a hundred years old almost, I think. Yeah, no, but shoot, man, whoever
1: wrote that was super smart.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's really good. I, I, I like that one too. That's probably on, on my top five list, but, uh, but anyways, Dan, man, I, I appreciate your time and, uh, we are the day before Thanksgiving. And so I appreciate you cutting out some, some time to, to share with us today what's a what's a hawaii thanksgiving look like i'm curious oh i mean we're spending our thanksgiving um my parents have a
1: have a house uh, right on the beach so we're going there spend it the, spend the day at the beach and, I'll, I'll be there tomorrow <laughs> yeah yep. you guys are all invited um oh, but yeah there's some good surf so i'm probably gonna get a surf in and um eat a bunch of different foods we got a pollock style so um oh, nice bunch of people what's just-
0: on the table i uh, is it you guys do you do course, turkey?
1: I mean, we, we do turkey so my dad okay. deep has a turkey every year um mm-hmm. but you know I, i'm i we eat poke which is raw fish um mm-hmm. a lot of just you know local hawaiian food um sure. i wouldn't that's say it's cool. too traditional you know turkey stuffing you know <laughs> you know that, that's uh um we, we we have that but we also have our you know also
0: our local
1: Hawaii food too. So <laughs>
0: no, I love that. That's a, that's a cool, that's a cool mix, but yeah. Damon, I appreciate your time. I wish you nothing but the best of luck. And, and I just, you know, speaking, speaking with you for the next hour, it's, it's going to be no secret that you're going to have success there. And, and uh, I'm sure your players and coaches love uh, being with you humble guy. And, and so I, I appreciate it. I, I am really excited to get to talk with you more with, the, with a new founded friendship, but uh, it, here's, here's your chance to talk to our listeners. And anything that we covered, or anything that you'd like to leave with them before you go?
1: Yeah, no. First off, I mean, appreciate you having me on here, Jonathan. This is actually my first time doing something like this. So, oh, um, well, you, you uh, killed I, it, dude! <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, um, appreciate you and 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 allowing me to be on here. But um, no, I mean, I guess for whoever's listening, you know, I guess you know, don't be afraid to to put yourself out there and, and set goals. I think the biggest thing for me. Um, at least within the last year was just setting setting goals. and um, you'd be surprised, kind of you know how your your life you know organizes itself around around those goals once you have them in front of yourself and and written down where you're looking at them every day. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing i would I would recommend and and two, like you know it's 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 tough, man. Like it ain't easy, and um, it takes a ton of hard work and a tough sacrifice, but you know, That's, that's why we do it. And, and the reward is so, so great. And being able to be on the baseball field, coaching, you know, young men and, and, you know, seeing them graduate and go off to, you know, build families and careers is um, it's why we're, why we're doing it and it makes all the sacrifice and hard work worth it. But um, those would be my two advices is, is write down your goals and don't be afraid to
0: work hard. So. Thank you for listening to ahead of the curve. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a rating or review wherever you are listening. I also wanted to remind you that you can find the video portion at the AOTC channel on stickandball.tv. Have a great week.